Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes Podcast, Season 1, Week 14. Hey Matt, knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange, you glad we didn't fire Daz? Ha. BC broke out the blenders on Saturday as Coach Adazio and the Eagles squeezed the orange 42-14, to knocking off Syracuse in the Dome for the first time since 2010. Spring game Darius Wade reappeared out of nowhere. A.J. Dillon ran for his usual 200 yards and 1 million touchdowns. The D forced three turnovers, and the Eagles absolutely destroyed the same team that defeated current number one Clemson just a few short weeks ago. On today's episode, we'll discuss uh, Coach Adazio getting screwed out of Coach of the Year, talk bowl season sabermetrics, and recap just how wrong our preseason predictions were. Yeah, thanks, Matt. That was that was a phenomenal intro. I always like, you know, when we make it a little interactive. That's fun for me, fun for you, fun for our listeners, I'm sure. Uh, just a phenomenal game again on Saturday. I think uh, we all had our... I don't want to say doubts, but some concerns going in with, you know, Darius Wade after what we saw with him against UConn. Uh, obviously hey, Matt, our troubles how wrong the dome. were you about Darius Wade last week? Well, hang on. We'll, we'll get there. Um, but I, I, was, I was wrong about what we saw from UConn. But, uh, you know, our troubles at the Dome, it's obviously never an easy place for us to play. So it was nice for us to go in there and just have a convincing win. I think the trip to fan hit the orange a little bit uh, too hard. But, you nice. know, we're back and we're, and we're going at full speed into bowl season. Absolutely. And that's where really where it starts is, is D Wade. Obviously, Dylan had a great game too. But you talk about D Wade, who it looked he he looked lost against NC State specifically, and didn't impress against UConn. Though didn't really have to. Um, he he looked like a Heisman Trophy contender. <laughs> and, and granted, Syracuse is a terrible team, but a, a ninety six point nine, which is a very nice uh, passer rating. There. Very nice. Yep. Um, I think if you if you put that in academic terms, I'm told that's an A plus. I wouldn't know, but, yeah, but that 90, sounds about right. Yeah, so um, 16 for 20, 248 yards, um, pr- pretty close to a perfect game there. Ten different receivers caught passes. It, it matters really. You hit the nail on the head after NC State when you said, "Why are we getting away from from the bootlegs?" Darius Wade can only throw on the run when he's rolling out in a bootleg. Uh, he, I, I don't know what has, it is. He it's has incredible. cornered. He has cornered that market, and he is so incredibly good at it. And it was so frustrating to watch you know, NC State, and to an extent UConn, because he wasn't doing it either, but obviously the game didn't matter. This is what he did against Louisville. He came in off the bench, and the, they only ran, like, one play every single time, and it worked. And I don't know if it's just Louisville is, you know, coached by a bunch of idiots and, and couldn't adjust or what, but uh, obviously he just went back to that well, you know, all day on Saturday, and, and there was absolutely nothing they could do to stop it. They were terrible. They, I mean, Syracuse, and they probably quit on the year, right? I mean, they're they're 4-7, and seven, now 4-8, and eight, but... Um... 
they looked just as bad as the the Louisville defense did. Um, how on earth? Ago, how on right? earth did this team? How on earth did this team beat Clemson? Like I understand that it's a, you know you maybe on a, on a Friday night you That's catch some the sleeping, biggest but, takeaway. But this isn't like. This. But this isn't like yeah. This isn't like you know hey they're you know an okay team they have some tough losses. This is a horrible football team. This is by far the worst ACC team we played all year. Um, and obviously we've had some you know blowouts and played some bad teams. I mean I would I would honestly put them you know and and you can't necessarily compare score lines, but. If you look at what you know, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois have done, I think you can make the argument that Syracuse is the second-worst team on our schedule, uh, only ahead of UConn. I have no reasonable understanding of how they went in and beat the current number one team in the country, but that is concerning to say the least about this Syracuse team. Obviously, you never know you get someone sleeping, you know, Kelly Bryan or whatever, broke his leg in the, in the middle of the game, but they weren't exactly dominating prior to that injury. So right. I have and no a lot idea of what happened on that Friday night. A lot of it. Did you watch that game? I remember watching that game. Yeah, no, I watched stunned. it. I watched the whole thing, and it was wild. I think I think Dungey's a game changer too. I mean, this wasn't a full strength. Although, how great yeah. of a name is Rex Culpepper? Really, really, really good. It's That's too bad he's not a good a good quarterback because that that name could just take you places. Um, but Dungey was kind of the heart and soul of that offense, and, and that that showed on uh, on Saturday. Um, quick quick point on Wade. What's what's the deal with his eligibility? He's he redshirted, and then he got a medical redshirt, so he's a great yeah, student. He, he, but I think he has an extra year of eligibility where he could come back as a as a uh, a backup next year uh i right to be honest that was I, a don't, question. I don't know yeah that was a question and i don't have the answer unfortunately i don't yeah, know I, I, I feel like i feel like we've and obviously i'm sure you know this is obviously just the, the the program that we follow the most but if you looked at any you know team i'm sure they would have similar situations but it feels like we have more medical red shirts than any team in the history of football <laughs> feels like every single year we, we do. guys who who get basically three total redshirts. They get their intended redshirt and then they get two medical redshirts. So I've given up trying to even keep track. I know Strahan's back. I know Baker's back. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm kind of in the, in the dark. This team, we're returning more players than we're losing next year. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's pretty um, amazing. But no, I mean, just, just an all out, just, just hell of a performance. I haven't seen the Eagles play that well. Um, I, I, I can't remember the, the last time they played a game like that where I was just so impressed. Um, don't want to read too much into it. Because it is it is Syracuse and and they didn't look good at all. But um, between D Wade, Dylan, um, and the defense stepping up huge, that's that's really the story of the week. Um, and if you're the pinstripe on that, how do you not invite us to come play? I completely, completely, completely agree. Uh, I think we obviously have a track record of selling good tickets there. We have a huge alumni base, but you know we'll certainly get into some of the challenges we're going to face down the road. Uh, just my my final note on Syracuse again. I think that if you look at the the total. The total game here, I think this was, uh, I would say this is probably our second most impressive game of the year, only behind Virginia. I think Virginia was just a total effort, you know, on every side of the ball. Um, but as good as, you know, the Florida State, uh, you know, the Florida State win was, Florida State gave us that game. Uh, as nice as the Louisville game was, our defense didn't really do a whole lot to uh, to win it for us. Obviously, they, they held on at the end when they needed to, but this was just a total, uh, total effort from start to finish and just a really nice way to end the year. Uh, leaving a really good taste in, in everyone's mouth over the course of the bowl practice season. Uh, and we don't have to be miserable for the next month waiting for our bowl game. Last point, and just it, you have to talk one more time about A.J. Dillon. Uh, you know, you had, uh, I think, 193 yards, three touchdowns. Just the way he runs is unlike anything I've ever seen. He's he's it's violent. He's, he's a violent runner. going to be way better than Andre Williams, which is, which is pretty high praise. He's going to be – he's putting up Ron Dane-esque numbers. Ron Dane, I, I would say, is probably the – the best running back in college football history, right? Um, he looks every bit as good. And, and Ron Dane burst on the scene his freshman year as well. And, and um, I don't know what, what the yardage is like. He probably has Dylan beat on yardage. But Dylan only played about half the year, you know? So 
Yeah, um, so a couple couple other couple other stats here. First of all, he led the ACC in rushing above Lamar Jackson, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Again, the important thing to keep in mind with everything is that, like you said, he only played half the games. Uh, if he did this for the entire season, which obviously you can't say if he's a true freshman, needed some time to grow. But I think if he's done this, you know, every game, I think he is a legitimate Heisman finalist. Uh, and I think I think you could certainly make a good argument. Obviously, Baker Mayfield's going to be tough to unseat, but what he is doing is absolutely absurd. Uh, another good stat for you here. Uh, he has, <clears throat> so he now has four games a season over 190 yards over the past decade. Nine people, including Dylan have done that all, but one of them finished in the top 10 in the Heisman voting. Obviously Andre Williams was in that mix. So, uh, you never know, maybe he will get a push and, and get his name in the top 10. I feel like, uh, it certainly would be well-deserved even, you know, just for the half the season he's put in, but either way, I think, you know, he's got to be a, a, a near favorite, you know, if not the if not the single favorite, just based on lack of respect for BC, he's got to be a near favorite on the board for, you know, Heisman next year and certainly the following year as well. thousand percent. And, and he tied, I think, for the, the most votes on the, the All-ACC first team, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Lamar unanimous, unanimous All-ACC first team. Um, and then, you know, I, I, let me let me just segue. I guess we're going to do due to the week. This is an easy one. I'm sure you had it, too. But I'm going to give him my due to the week. Uh, first team All-ACC, like we said. And first ever ACC Rookie of the Year out of BC. Um, didn't really realize that we haven't had any. We've obviously had some good people come through, but I guess they've all kind of developed a little bit later on. So that's that's a pretty huge honor. Honestly, we we do play in you know one of the best conferences in the country. So to have you know the uh, you know by far the best rookie um, is something definitely to hang our hat on uh, and and get excited about going forward. Yeah, I, I'll say it for my pood, but I uh, yeah I'll I'll say it for the for my pood. All right, I'm looking looking yeah. forward to it. You thought that I was going to name someone other than Coach Adazio my dude of the week. Are you, are you uh, out you of know, your I mind? Didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. And, and this will be the last time this regular season where I'll, I'll name Daz my dude of the week. Um, that doesn't count the ball game. That's just regular yep, season. True. Good point. Yep. Um, but in all seriousness, what, what Coach Adazio has done to everyone's chagrin, although now everyone's back on board. It's like the uh, – Well, not everybody. Not everybody. Well, everyone you, fake, fake Baldwin. No, no, um, no. They were, they were still – and I, and I got to give credit to, you know, I think the people who have finally seen the light. I, I think that you're obviously a little less willing to let people, uh, you know, admit they were wrong. But wrong. I, I saw a lot I, that's on not Saturday. True. I, I'm all in on everyone being back on board. All right, um, all right. What my concern is, Matt, and this is a, this is a statistic term. You're a math major. You should get it. Um, the uh, recency bias. Is that a stat term? I think it is, uh, right? Yeah. A sampling, yeah, yeah, statistical sample. The recency sure. bias of this fan base, and I get it. Everyone's a, a fair weather fan. They don't really give a shit. But like, I don't like this. You know, I don't like this. I know. I, I, get, I go to a dark place every time I talk about the Daz haters. Um, but it's like, oh, we lost. Let's fire Daz. Oh, we beat a shitty Syracuse team. Let's, you know, we're back on board. And it's like, I, I can't live my life every day with it if, if Daz you know, spills coffee on, on the floor like he's, he should be fired again. I, I just – I can't do this anymore. People need to figure right. it out. People need to buy in long-term with this team It's because it's, it's infuriating. Let me say this. I think that it is very fair to say that we have seen multiple different Steve Adazios in his time at BC. I think what we've seen over the past, what is it, six weeks, has been a remarkably different coach than what we saw, A, earlier in the season and then B, in years previous. So I think it's absolutely fair to – say, okay, now we've seen six games. This is a legitimate trend. This isn't just, okay, you know, what we saw against the bowl game, you know, against Maryland last year, kind of a one-game, one-off sample. This is a six-game trend. Clearly, he's figured out this will work. Clearly, he's figured out this will work with the freshmen and, and other young guys that he has assembled. So there's no reason to not think that this will continue going forward. Um, you know, and with that said, give give your full backing. I, I understand, obviously, how people felt during the season because I felt the same way. Um, but 
for the, for the, and I, I think it's a small subset, but for those fans who are still out there saying, you know, this is, it's really bad news that we finished the season five and one and absolutely dismantled teams we played. And, and quite frankly, we're an injury away from six and oh and being ranked in the top 25. Uh, that's all bad news because it means we have more Adazio. I mean, those people just get, you know, get the hell out of our alma mater. Uh, it's embarrassing, honestly, for our program. We finally have something to be excited about. This is the first time we've been excited about the future of our team legitimately. Obviously, we've been on the road to 10 and two for a while, but this is the first time we've had legitimate excitement about this team. Uh, and for people to come in and, 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 you know, throw it out the window because they're unhappy with the guy's personality or whatever it might be, uh, is really disheartening. Matt, thanks for, uh, for taking my dude of the week there. Gotcha. Just gotcha. Um, seriously though, I mean, when you look at uh, obviously five and one to close out the season is very strong. Um, and you could say we, we played, you know, less strong teams, but you look at the first half of the season, it was, you know, for the best teams in the country. So, um, you know, let's take, let's take everything, you know, let's, let's keep everything in perspective here. But, um, more recently, you look at the past few days, ever since that Syracuse win, you can just tell, you know, via social media and, and, the, and the, you know, the video you see, every single player, coach, everyone on this team has completely bought in. Um, you know, they, they, love, they love Coach Adazio. That's half the battle. That's 90% of the battle um, when you're coaching young kids like this. They, they love this coach. Um, you know, whether they think he's actually intelligent or not, who cares? Everyone's bought in. They found a system that works. He's the guy for the job. Everyone's all in. And, you know, you hit, you hit on the rest of my points. I mean, our three-year outlook between Dylan, Kobe, um, and Brown, assuming Brown takes, you know, he, he probably needs to make a jump this offseason. Um, plus, as I said earlier, we're returning more talent than we're losing next year. Um, our, our outlook has to be top five in college football. And, and that includes, you know, Clemson and, and Bama and everyone else that just reloads every year, right? And, and the ACC doesn't get any easier, you know, and we'll touch on this in a bit, but, you know, Josh Jackson of Virginia Tech had a great year. He's a freshman. He's going to take a, a big jump. Francois mm-hmm. is back at FSU. Clemson reloads every year. Kelly Bryant's going to, going to also make the jump. Um, but I, I would say we're more prepared for the next three years than we ever have been since I've been a fan, which is, which is you know, maybe you take out the, the Matt Ryan years, right? But outside of that, forget about it. This team, uh, you know, the outlook the is as, as, as good as it's going to get for any team uh, going forward. So yeah, credit, and, to, credit and, to Daz for, for all that. And, and you obviously talked about, you know, the people growing up making the jump, getting some people back. But I think the exciting thing is, is that even if nobody makes a jump, everyone plays as well as they did the last six weeks. Uh, and, and the people who are out, you know, are, are still out. This team is still, you know, a top 25 team, as we saw over the past six weeks. I think, that, I think that every single you know person who's who's watched over the past month and a half has just, you know, the only thing to be upset about is that we wish we could have the first half of the season back. I would kill to play Wake Forest again. I would kill to play. Uh, you know, even Notre Dame, Clemson, Vatek again. I mean, those are games that if we don't, I mean, I think we definitely steal a couple of them, um, but there, there's not a single one that I think, okay, you know what, we're just not going to win. We have no chance to win. This team, as they played at, through the rest of the, you know, through the, through the back half of the season, regardless of the growth that they will show next year, regardless of the people who are coming back, is an incredibly dangerous team. Irregardless. Regardless is an incredibly, it's correct. It's an incredibly dangerous team. And, you know, when we get healthy and when we get, uh, everyone back, and when we get another year plus a bowl practice season, um, you know, of everyone, of everyone, you know, kind of getting getting the most out of their off season. I mean, look out! This is uh, this is going to be a wild team. I tweeted it last Saturday, but we are going to go to the ACC championship game next year, and and you know, I think we're going to win it. I'm going to Vegas uh, this specifically to put money on this BC team next year winner. Smart. I don't know what yeah, the odds are going to be. You, you know, we've been so used to 500 to one. 
um, which is, I think, the max that Vegas will let you, let you bet. And I'll put a few bets down that have probably been ill-advised. You know, I talk myself into it every year, but um, this actually is a good investment next year. I, I don't know. What do you think? It's 300 to 1? Is that too high? It's still BC, I think that's, so, so who knows? I, I, yeah. But, well, so, so the problem is there's a bias. Like, I think that it, I think that if you were looking at, like, let's say the Sagarin ratings, which, by the way, shout out to those. They have us at number 33 in the country, highest since 2008. So uh, just an awesome feeling. And, you know, again, I think if we beat NC State, we're ranked. But that's beside the point. Uh, if you look at the Sagarin ratings going into next year, or, you know, computer ratings, I bet you we're in or near the top 25. But I think there is a huge, you know, anti-BC bias because of what we've done over the last, you know, 10 years. And, and people still don't really take us seriously. So, you know, I, you never know, obviously the Vegas models and odds take in, you know, all of that into account because obviously the public perception is a big part of it, but they also are driven, you know, on the, on the algorithms and the numbers. So uh, I don't know. I think it could be, I, I think it'll be what, you know, you see an, an average to above average middle of the pack ACC team odds are like, so, you know, whatever, uh, let's say someone like NC Georgia State Tech. this year, Georgia Tech, sure. Someone like that this year, whatever that number was, I yeah. think that's at least where we should be. Yeah. I'm with you. Hey, Matt, how mad are you that uh, this NC State-Penn State basketball game is interrupting your, your viewing of BC basketball tonight? Yeah, a little frustrated. So it's already tipped off, right? There's 30 seconds left. Man, I don't care. I honestly... I know you don't care. I know you don't care. <laughs> Nebraska. And they're going to beat us it's by It's a Big 30. Ten challenge. Who cares? It's the ACC Big Ten challenge. What's the line on this game? Uh, I'm taking the, the other team, Matt, whoever we're playing. Okay. Is it Nebraska? Did I get that right? It is, it is Nebraska. Yep. You so call me say I'm not a basketball fan. Get out of here. It's true. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's jump into Duda Pood here. Um, this is the last Duda Pood for the uh, the regular season. Um, we'll, we'll get we'll get some details out on, on what our schedule is going to be over the next uh, few weeks. We still don't know what we're doing yet. We'll, uh, you guys will be the first to know. My Pood, and you, you touched on the, uh, the all-ACC teams that were announced. How in the heck does Zach Allen – not make the at least the, the second team. Yeah, he, got, you son he, of he didn't bitch. make he the second my, team. You stole my poo. He man. didn't make the third team. He got an honorable mention. Yeah, he's he's and, and I can uh, you know name a bunch of stats, but you know he's the best D line. He's le- he's leading all D linemen in tackles. Um, he's got a million sacks. He's he's stepped up enormously. Um, when Landry went down, um, I, I just I, I couldn't believe when I saw that he just makes such an impact on the field. Also, Lucas Dennis only second team. Are you, are you kidding yep. me? You're going to put leading Dur- the league in. Yep, leading the league in interceptions. You're yeah, going to put makes Derwin no James or, or you know the most, wow, it just it drives me nuts. Who, who votes? Is this the writers? Uh, I believe it's the writers. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe the coaches play a role too. I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, we had no first teamers. You know, outside of Dylan, which is a travesty. Um, Cam Moore wasn't even listed. That guy's been a stud all year. I, I, yeah, he's I, going to the senior bowl. I mean, yeah, everyone. I, I had a lot of issues with that. No, I did list. too, obviously. Um, so that's my pood. Yeah, I can live with. I can live a little bit with the with the Lucas Dennis one, only because you know with cornerbacks, like you know, it's kind of like wins and uh, as a as a pitcher, like it's uh, you know, if people just aren't throwing to you because you're such a shutdown corner, like you still should should get respect for that. And maybe that was the case with Derwin James. I honestly don't know, but. Uh, yeah, the, the Zach Allen thing made absolutely no sense. Landry getting third team. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a joke again. Yeah, that's on that's on name alone. Like there's there's and I love Landry and, and he was a difference maker when he was out there. But there's no way you can look at the years they had and put him on a higher list than, uh, you know, than Zach Allen. So that was pretty frustrating. You know, I think if anything, it's it'll be good for the bulletin more material, put a chip on uh, chip on their shoulder to that same point. So my dude and and. I, I can't wait for you to shed some light on this because there's so many rumors flying around and fake news. Um, John Lamont, Matt, allegedly won ACC Defensive Freshman of the Year, but he also didn't if you check other sources. 
some people are saying he did win it, but then you look at the actual NCAA and he didn't even come close to winning it. So there was a few tweets that were going on. I don't know if you saw them. I know BC Interruption and, and the Barstool both tweeted that, you know, congrats to John Lamott for winning ACC freshman of the year. Obviously, he's the uh, the middle linebacker that stepped in after Strahan and Richardson both went down, had an enormous year. Um, I didn't think he was going to win anything. Like That was a, that was a surprise. Uh, but I, I did always think that he, he was always flying around the field and, and, and making a lot of plays. Um, so, so that's, we'll have to get to the bottom of that. So if someone knows the real story with that, someone, yeah, I'll try looking that up. Please, in the please advise. Here, but, um, yeah, that's okay. That's Cause, weird. Cause yeah, it's either him or some guy from Virginia that appears to be, if you, if you check the real sources, that's who won it. But a lot of tweets congratulating John Lamont. So yeah, um, it seems like, it seems like UVA freshman. If you just do a quick Google yeah, ACC, that's what I did, man. It's, yep. I'll show you the tweets though. I'm not, I'm not making this up. No, um, I, I hear you. I, I, I remember seeing those <laughs> yeah. as well. Maybe it was like, you just got some votes. Maybe we're excited about that. I don't know. Uh, no, man, I'm looking at the tweet. It's congrats to AJ Dillon and John Lamont. BC cleaned up the hardware. Like, wow. Like, okay. Yeah. So, uh, interesting. So anyway, my other dude is going to be, uh, Strahan's tweet. Strahan is just, I, I love that guy. I know you like him too, but yours is more, you know, based on his looks. I, I like him as a person, man, his personality. His tweet, he had a tweet that said, if BC football, I'm quoting this, if BC football was an S&P 500 stock, getting in under the Daz regime would be like getting in on Mickey D's from the start, Mickey D's being McDonald's. Um, just, a, just a heck of a tweet. Uh Everything that, that I have ever thought about Adazio was sort of embodied in that tweet. It's, it's very true. And I don't think a lot of people did get in. I got in. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm you know, fully in on, on Adazio. And uh, Strahan must be a CSUN kid, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, good thing uh, Ty Schwab didn't send that tweet out. I, I have a feeling he doesn't understand the stock market all too well. <laughs> Love the guy, but just I don't, know, I don't know why. I just think he's he's not the brightest. We're huge fans of him, so, you know, whatever. But uh, It's probably the tattoos. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, no, that was a phenomenal tweet. I, I think, you know, again, I was obviously a little more negative than you early in the year, but uh, we were both pretty firmly on the road to 10 and 2. Uh, you know, so we were we were definitely on on the ground floor, at least for this season in particular. But I think the bandwagon is going to be very full next year. I've already seen a lot of 9 and 3 tweets, 10 and 2 tweets for uh, for what's to come Do next year. Do we have to one-up them? Do we have to go 11 and 1? I think we I think we might have to. Unfortunately, it actually is, you know, not to look ahead too much, but it's it's a very tough schedule next year, specifically with Miami being our crossover versus Virginia oh, this really? year. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, which is awesome because it'll be great. You know, you wanna if you wanna be the best, you gotta beat the best, strength of schedule and all that. But yeah, uh, having having Miami will be tough though. I don't think we have Notre Dame, so that that helps a little bit. Um, you want me to run into my dude here? Do you have any other any other additional dude or poods? No, that was it for me. I'm I'm Google, googling uh, John Lamott over here, just trying to yeah, figure that one figure out. out what's us, going give us, on. Give us some more info here. So, uh, my dude is going to be the coaching carousel when not directly affected. Um, though I will add the caveat of there's, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, the possibility of coordinators coaching, but I can't imagine uh, Coach Daz is is going anywhere. Um, both for entertainment purposes, it's great. Obviously, seeing kind of the whole Tennessee storyline has been, you know, just wild to view kind of from the outside looking in. Uh, but also, this does help BC standing in the ACC. You know, certainly if you look at guys like Jimbo, who's been rumored to go to A&M, uh, Doran is now the bad guy. Dave Doran uh, is now the, at least a hot name coming up in the uh, Tennessee search. Yep. Clawson's been mentioned for a yep. couple things, et cetera. Jimbo, guys, Jimbo, obviously. Yeah, yeah I mentioned, yeah, Jimbo to Jimbo and A&M. So, you know, if these guys leave, it does destabilize a lot of programs. You lose guys to recruits. Uh, 
you know, just does a lot to kind of shake up the conference a little bit. And with, obviously, with, as, with that said, I mean, you do get some new blood. Like you get big, big time. Yeah, no, no, I, like, I agree. I agree. With, with Florida Fuentes, State I mean, would concern me. Yeah, Florida State would concern me again. NC State, like I don't think they're going to do any better than you know Doran and, and quite frankly Clawson either. Wake Forest, like they're not going to go after Mike Leach, uh, for right. example. But Florida State is a little bit concerning because that is a place where obviously you know they'd get a they'd get a top ten name. I'm sure uh, you know if they wanted to. Yeah, and, and and hopefully we're not involved here, man. I, I still, you know, I'm hoping that all the, the the bad blood that was thrown in Daz's direction early on is in. Uh, I would love to get inside his mind and just make sure that he's he's good with with everything and he wants to stay. He wants to be an eagle long term, um, because I couldn't blame him if he decided to leave with all the stupid fans out there. Um, but no, it's it, it is it has been interesting to watch and. You know the ACC might look a lot a lot different next year, especially without Jimbo. That'd be that'd be a tough loss. That'd be but, huge. Uh, yeah, that'd be absolutely huge. But they'll get and, a tough and it's name. also you know it's and it's crazy thing too. Obviously, you know if you look at the early part of the season. And by the way, I've said obviously like hundred times this episode. I have I didn't I mention it, Matt. But it, I it haven't was, learned. It I was, haven't learned my lesson. You've been obviously saying it a lot. Yep, I'm aware. Maybe maybe I'll just say it's like a joke and it's just kind of my running my running thing. Uh, anyways, it, it is you know we talked about earlier in the year what the coaching search would look Sorry like. Sorry to interrupt. Da- uh, if- BC is down by 14, it looks like. No, Matt, they're down by seven. I'm watching yeah. on the TV right now. Uh, thank you, though, for, for trying it to It was a commercial, and I BC forgot team. what the score was. I knew we were down, though. So. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, Go Huskies. But it's wild to think at the, at, the, at the beginning of the year, you know, what the coaching sur- or the coaching market would look like. If we actually did fire Adazio this year and we had to find someone in this environment, I mean, that would just be hell. Look at the big names that were looking for people. SEC Obviously, Florida, wide open, UCLA, yeah. Mississippi State, and then, you know, if you throw in Florida State, um, you know, A&M, obviously, right now, empty. Nebraska, empty. Uh, just schools that you do not want to go against. I think Moorhead's officially at uh, Mississippi yeah, State, Moorhead, right? So that's so that's what I was gonna say, right? Because he was Moorhead was the guy of the year that everyone was looking at. Not me, you know. When we, well, of course, everyone, everyone but you was saying when we get rid of Daz, he'll be you know the first call we make, uh, besides Chip Kelly, of course. And of did course those jokes write themselves, the Matt? They did. They absolutely did, and I stand <laughs> by that. Um, but yeah, really, really wild, and obviously, I'm, uh, there it is again. Uh, glad that. Glad that we we finished out the season in such a way that we did not need to go into this market. Uh, nice segue into my food. Uh, Tennessee, I've, I've got a few, but I'm going to start with Tennessee fans. Uh, just absolute idiots. I think Shiano would have been a really good hire. I think he knows how to build the program. Obviously, his record at Rutgers wasn't great. But, no, he, um, he, he brought Rutgers having any type of win. Is, right, is exactly. exactly. Huge transformation. I mean, yep. he, he was the guy. They, I think they, I, I'm with you 100%. They screwed that one up big time. And, and, and a couple of reasons. Number one, first of all, if you're a coach, why on earth would you ever even now consider looking at them for a job when you know, when you saw what happened to the last guy who, who right. signed whatever, a memo of understanding. I mean, that's absolute hell and that's absolute nightmare. And you want to talk about positives of being the BC coach. We don't have that pressure. We just don't. Like as, as angry as our fans get, it's never going to be like that. And then the second thing that bothered me was, was them kind of pulling the holier than now, acting like they cared about Shiano's Penn State history. Uh, but really that's only because they don't think he's a football coach. No, they, were, Meyer, they were pissed they didn't get Gruden, so they said, oh. Right, let's... exactly. If, if Urban Meyer was at Penn State at that same time, you know, at that same time, uh, but he was rumored to be the head coach, they'd be all for it. It's because they didn't think he was a good guy, so now they're trying to pull out this as a dirty trick to, you know, ruin, essentially ruin this guy's career and, and reputation. Uh, and he's a Belichick guy, so obviously they're, they're idiots for, for doing that. Um, and my other pood, well, you stole my Zach Allen one, which is fair. My other pood is Notre Dame and Miami losing this past weekend. <laughs> that, yes. So it was great. Obviously, I love when Notre Dame loses. That's, you know, good news, but, uh, it kills our bowl standing. I think 
a week ago today, we were looking at the possibility of two ACC teams in the college football playoff, plus Notre Dame in the group of six games. Instead, they both dropped down, and now they are in the ACC hierarchy uh, of bowls. Basically, every single team has been pushed down two rungs. I think a week ago, the pinstripe bowl was you know, basically the worst we could do. Uh, and as we'll get into a bit, that is no longer the case. So thank you guys for uh, doing absolutely nothing to, to help our cause. Although the loser of, of Clemson-Miami, and I, I didn't really do the sabermetrics that I promised at the beginning of the episode, I think the loser that still ends up in the in the group of six, right? The New Year's six. So the loser of that game goes to the Orange Bowl. Right. But originally it was going to be, you know, we, the assumption was regardless of who oh, loses, they're both going to the playoff. And then no so now Vatek, yeah, so Vatek would then go to the Orange Bowl, uh, which would, again, would push everyone up. And then Notre Dame, if they won, they would be in a different group of six right. related to the Orange Bowl. Right, right, right. Uh, but now that they're out, they're falling into the ACC Bowl hierarchy. So that kind of kills us. I uh, gotcha. I'm, I'm on board with that. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, it's a good point. And, and if you look at, are we ready to jump in, into bowl season with that? Are you all set with that? Yeah. I think that kind of touches on duty corpus too. I mean, and we can, yeah. and, and it's going to be a hybrid episode here all over the map. So yeah, let's keep it rolling. So I think our first instinct, uh, after that cues win, everyone was thinking pinstripe. You saw pinstripe everywhere. Um, after the dust had settled after, you know, the rest of the slate of games to your point, Matt, um, that didn't really seem to be the case as much. I, I initially heard a lot of BC versus Michigan, in the pinstripe, which obviously would be best case. It'd be a huge high-profile game. You got the A.J. Dillon storyline. You got the Don Brown storyline. It's Michigan. Um, that would be an incredible atmosphere at Yankee Stadium. I think it'd be a packed house. Uh, we'd have an awesome time. However, and I think it's, it probably does have to do with, with Miami and, and Notre Dame going down, um, ESPN currently has us uh, either in Detroit against Western Michigan or in Shreveport against Utah. Those are just two, just two marquee matchups right there. I am just getting excited at the thought of either of those games. Yeah, and and and, and so that was a, that was a shock to me. Um, SB Nation does have us in the pinstripe versus Michigan, so I always I knew there, I was there like is them. still some yeah there is still some pinstripe. I think Sports Illustrated maybe had us in pinstripe. The Athletic, which is like that new website that a bunch of good people are writing for, they have us in the pinstripe. So there still is, you know, the the thing that we need to be concerned about is. Obviously, the whole rule, and I don't want to get into all the details because I, quite frankly, don't know them all. But basically, there's some rule where you can jump a team if they have like one more win than you in terms of the bowl selection, but not two more wins. Uh, but unfortunately, because we only have seven, not eight wins, that means a team like Florida State with six wins can jump us. Uh, which, no, but that I mean, no one wants Florida State this year. Well, right? they sell tickets. They, 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 they. But they there's so the many needle. southern. They do. So yeah, but the, but they would steal like the Orlando Bowl, right? Or or the Belk Bowl, or somewhere yeah, down I, I south. I probably agree. They're not going right, to end up but, at but again, Stadium. Yes, I agree with that. That again, that affects the entire hierarchy. So that's if they true. go to the Belk Bowl, and that pushes NC State to you know pinstripe. Yeah, so which is that's. I think that's what that's what ESPN actually. I think they had either right. NC State or Louisville versus Purdue in the pinstripe. Um, which that's kind of an ugly game too, but I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, we were a good crowd in the, at, at uh, Yankee stadium, what, three years ago at this point, I'll have yeah. to give them an instant classic versus Penn state. Um, I think they'd love to have us back. Right. Yeah. The only thing that, that concerns me a little bit, and again, obviously that's what I'm hoping for. The only thing that concerns me a little bit is, is that they don't want to repeat again. They've never had Florida state. They've, as far as I can remember, never had, uh, you know, I guess I don't know who else would be in that running NC State. Uh, they never had a few teams like that, so it would make sense. But also, historically, they've tended to go with the Northeastern team. I think Pitt yeah. was there a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, uh, Notre Dame's been, been there. I think Duke, Duke was there once, right? Yeah, that so sounds That might have been right. an outlier, like Duke Northwestern or something. 
Yeah, again, at Duke, though, I don't really consider that Southern. I feel like they're like a good school. They get, well, no, but like they're a good school, so they get alumni that come to like real cities versus NC State. Like I think if you go there, you just stay in like Raleigh your whole life. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Oh, another three for for Nebraska. We can just do this the rest of the episode. We can we can do yeah, I mean, the play by play. I mean, they were just down three, so they're 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 fighting. I don't know why you root against. Them. I'm not. I don't know I'm, why you insist. I'm you not, are. You just I'm you, not you, you just said. Them. You just said go Cornhuskers. Literally five minutes ago, that you was, just said go Cornhuskers. Matt, this great is, shot. That's a great pull-up, oh, too, right Matt, there. Oh, Matt, this sucks. You're, you're like two seconds ahead of me. Oh, I'm so sorry. So you, kind of, you kind of ruined that one for this me. This is good radio. This uh, is good podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you what. A uh, couple errors that wanted to touch on from last uh, last podcast. We said like, a lot of wrong things, me specifically. Um, got called out on, on, on a few of them. Um, I guess we'll start right with, with Laura Croft, right, Matt? That was a, that was a tough one that – that was that, that was you, you so and uh, you and your dad just gave me a pass on. Um, we were talking about sixty minutes, and I mentioned Laura Croft, who I thought was the blonde lady, um, the very pretty blonde lady on sixty minutes. Laura Croft, it turns out, um, is the, the Tomb Raider, <laughs> portrayed by Angelina Jolie in certain films. Correct, correct. So yeah, um, so at the time, at the time, I, 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 there was a thought in my head that it was Tomb Raider, but the problem when you have a three-person panel is that you don't want to be the one guy who, who disagrees and is actually the, the one who's wrong. So I kind of went with the groupthink mentality there, and I said, all right, well, if these two guys are saying that it's correct, uh, I'll roll with it as well. And here's, here's another one that I didn't think was a big deal, but I sort of got raked over the coals um, by a couple different people, including a friend of the podcast, Brian, who is known for, for Brian's bits. Um, the Seinfeld one, where I, I mentioned that uh, Jerry Seinfeld's dad in real life was Mr. Seinfeld. That's not true at all. Um, yeah, I didn't actually, think that was at the time either. I, I got to call you out on these yeah, things. Yeah, I, I know, man. But I have a hunch I should go with this. Yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong. There was a few others um, that I'll have to listen to back where I just said, wow, Matt, that was that was another wrong thing you said. So I uh, appreciate you guys not calling me out in the comments. Uh, I Listen, my hand is up. Sometimes I say things, and if I say them convincingly enough, then, um, you know, if it's not a lie, you believe it, right, Matt? So... Um, that, that's where, that's where I was at. Are there any errors that you had? I think you had a couple too, but I, I should have wrote them down. Yeah. Well, well, again, Brian of Brian's bits fame, uh, again, sent me a very long text outlining a few things that I didn't look at, uh, real quick, Teddy Hawkins, our best grad transfer, just looked to come up pretty hurt on that play. So that's not good. Oh, yep. Now he's heard um, on my screen too. Yeah. So that'll be good. I'm sure you're psyched about that. Oh, no, no I, I mean, I, I'm Matt. I, let's just, let's just be clear on this. Cause if this podcast goes into basketball season people get sick of this i am not rooting against this basketball team i am just skeptical that jim christian is the guy and if it takes having a bad year to replace him and get us a, a coach that knows how to recruit well, he's recruited fine but note that knows how to win win in the acc um you know go better than two and 36 over a two-year stretch um sign me up for that guy so that, that's all i'm saying do you understand that you are identical to Fig Baldwin? He is skeptical that Adazio is the head coach, so he would rather see us lose, you know, the last six games of the year, so that we can just kind of take our medicine and get a new guy. That is literally what you're doing. I know, but you we, would rather but we win in football. You, and we don't win in basketball. Is, is the major difference there, Matt? You are such a. I, We've this been. Is, this is going to actually drive me. Insane. I don't. Understand, I don't understand how you can. I understand your point, but but our basketball team has been point. historically bad. That's fine. I am rooting you, for us. I'm, I want us no, to win. No, no, you should. I, I think that. I think that honestly, if you had, if you had the option right now of not winning a single game in the ACC or being like a ten seed, I think you no, would take. I, I, no, and NIT. Then yeah, maybe we have a discussion there. I don't care about the NIT. You know, I, I mean, the this, NIT is team, no different than a bowl game in Detroit. This team is as good as this team's going to get because Hawkins is gone after this year, right? 
Um, Bowman's probably going to, and, and Robinson are going to go to the NBA. Maybe not this year, but not true. Yeah. Bowman, no. Bowman might, but listen, I mean, we're not going to get much better than we are this year. And frankly, hasn't impressed. I mean, they got blown up by Providence. Um, so I, I'm just saying if they win, I'm, I'm back on board, but I, I just don't see it happening. And those, I'm just making observations when we're losing to certain teams, which is often that. All right. Well, I'm getting a little deja vu from our Adazio argument. So let's uh, let's get back on track. Where were we exactly? I think we were, were we talking about bulls here. I guess the only other thing on my list, uh, we were both wrong about ten and two. You know, it's the year's over. We're officially we eight, were wrong. We're officially eight and four. We're officially not ten and two. Um, are we eight and four? Oh, we're eight, we're eight and four. Well, we're seven and five, aren't we, Matt? Sorry, I count yeah. NC State as a win. I mean, that game was BS. Sure. So let's count Wake Forest. We can. We we were going to be. We should have be Wake Forest. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I think honestly, we could have beat Clemson. We were ten and two. Let's count it. Yeah. So we were ten and two. But if you think about <laughs> it, at least at least uh, you know my vision coming into this year was, you know, and by the way, how dumb are we to, to think this team was going to go ten and two compared to what we're going to say this time next year, where we actually have a legitimate shot at going ten and two. Yeah. Yep, we were we were definitely on the hype train early, but that's fine. I'd rather be a year early than a year late. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I think I had my our losses to uh, FSU and Louisville, if I, if I remember correctly, and maybe Syracuse. So those three were were completely wrong. Those are the teams <laughs> we all we blew out by a million. Yep. Um, so that was wrong. Uh, Matt, you said Darius Wade was pretty much going to win the Heisman, so you were wrong about that. Well, I was wrong, but I was wrong. I mean, if you watched him on Saturday, he was a Heisman-winning quarterback, so I'm actually going to give myself a pat on the back. I was going to give myself due to the week for that, but I didn't want to pull a page out of your, you out of your playbook. You but can't do that when you rake, you raked him through the coals the past yeah, two and, weeks and, prior. And, 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 Matt, it's called bulletin board material. Yes. He literally, he honestly, uh, I mean, him and him and Sweeney hooked up like 7,000 nice. times on Saturday. Yeah, Sweeney, for Sweeney had two catches, um, Matt. Okay, yeah, but they were they were both really nice catches. And, by the way, Garrison is the same person as Sweeney, so are other tight ends. So I kind of count that. Uh, so those are my breakout dudes of the year, and they both had an awesome day. So uh, I feel really good about about where I started the year off. I was bashing Dylan, which is also a, a bad take. I said, <laughs> oh, everyone's talking about this guy Dylan. But if you watch the spring game, Travis Levy's actually the guy to watch this year. I think Levy had uh, four touches all year. He looked great in each of them. But um, A.J. Did, Dylan hey, no, probably did that, have a better I, year, I would say. Yeah, but he had the Levy had the huge uh, touchdown on Saturday. Did he score? I, he had a big catch. Was that right? him? Uh, who had that? Who had that forty-yard touchdown catch? Uh, they bobbled and then went into the end zone. This is good research. Jeez, this is. I hope we're not your sole authority on BC sports. This is brutal. No, remember, no, because it was and he caught it on the far side of the field. He bobbled it. It was around the forty, and then he ran the next forty yards. I have no recollection of that happening, Matt. Okay. Okay. You know, you know what I'm happened? I was I the internship, which is just an all-time favorite movie of mine. Really after, good movie. After the game was out of reach, I was flipping back and forth um, between the internship and the game. So. Um, yeah, Matt, I Travis, Levy, Travis Levy had two receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. Right. So you probably were right. Yep. So you nailed it. I mean, you nailed your prediction. He was going to be the guy. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, probably enough for this episode, Matt. Do you got anything else? Yeah. So I just, the only thing I want to wrap it up is, is just a mini duteous corpus. Just a quick thought. Uh, what an awful time to be on the playoff committee. And, you know, it's, there, there's definitely going to be some tough decisions in the coming week for, uh, Condoleezza Rice and company. Uh, just an overall <laughs> very tough sports, setup. So, so, sorry. Uh, just a very tough setup. But at the end of the day, this is very good news for BC. Chaos is good news for BC. Chaos is a ladder, to quote Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Uh, what we really need is a team like Alabama, one loss Alabama being left out of the playoff. Uh, that's a controversy that we need in order for 
everyone to come to their senses and actually make this become an eight game playoff with a, with an ACC auto bid. So hope for, hope for more chaos, hope for some broken hearts, hope for an angry Nick Saban, uh, you know, some good calls on the Paul Feinbaum show. And, uh, that's kind of the fire that we need to give BC a real shot to win a national championship some year. Matt, who you got Saturday night, Miami or Clemson? I, I think Clemson. I, you know, Miami has, has proved me wrong. Though. I don't know. Miami yeah, has they, that chain. But they've proven me wrong. They've proven me wrong both times. I said they were going to lose, which was Notre Dame and whatever. Oh, non-contact injury for Teddy Hawkins. That's good. Uh, they proved me wrong, whatever, both times that, uh, you know, I said they were they were kind of nobodies. But every single other game other than their big two games, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, they were, they were absolute frauds. Uh, obviously, we saw it on Pitt. They have slow starts. They're just... You know, maybe it is a bright lights thing. Maybe they kind of. I think that's what I was going to say. Right? Attention. I mean, that they, they show up when it matters, and then when they're playing Pitt on a Friday after Thanksgiving, and no one's watching, then maybe they don't bring it as much. And UNC yeah. at a noon kickoff, same deal. So, that's, so maybe that's, we see. So maybe we see. I'm rooting for Clemson. Good, good I, I think Clemson. You know, is 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 you know, obviously Dabo is one of the best coaches in the country. I think, you know, for, for the ACC's sake, Clemson probably is a better shot at, at bringing home the championship. So. That would be my rooting interest, and also I guess Atlantic and, and, over Coastal. And also, by the way, yeah, and also, by the way, I think I think uh, I'm not completely sold on everyone basically being 100 percent convinced that if Miami wins, they're in. Like I think they are, but this playoff committee they have one loss. You know, I, I agree, but I think the playoff committee could easily look at uh, a pretty weak strength schedule besides those those two games in the championship game. You know, obviously the with their division being so weak, so. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on that, so I'm going to root for Clemson just for the sure thing to make sure that, that we get a guy in. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm rooting for BC basketball to get a new coach, Matt. So, um, yeah, I'm sure you to, are. You're, you're, to... you're psyched about this Teddy Hawkins injury. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm looking at Christian, I'm looking at the undershirt, and I'm just, oh, man, we could have had Buzz Williams. but Sure, this, sure could have. Is what it is. Um, all right, well, I'll tell you what, that, that wraps up week 14. Um Hell of a season, hell of a ride. Thank you guys so much for uh, for listening. Couldn't have done this without you guys. Uh, Matt, any last words? Yeah, just a quick housekeeping note. So, again, thank you all for, for following along over the course of the season. We're not exactly sure what we're going to do uh, over the next few weeks and then into the offseason, but tentatively right now we're planning on an episode to preview the bowl game uh, probably the week before the game and then uh, a full season recap and bowl game recap, uh, you know, the week after. And then, you know, we hope to – do, you know, get back in the booth every month, every other month, something like that uh, over the, the course of the offseason until we get to the spring game and, and kind of all the hype that, that comes with it over the summer. So thank you all for listening. Uh, a tremendous way to end the year on Saturday. Let's hope for good news come Sunday and, and they're sending us to New York and, and not Shreveport for New Year's Eve. It's always a great day to be a dude. It's time to put our times behind.